This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Uh, Off to the left, producer Bobby in for the second week. Bobby, what's up? If you want to jump in on the show tonight, you can do it one of two different ways. We have the toll-free number that you can call, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with the show, should you see fit. 
If you don't see fit, if you just want to lay out, enjoy the show for the entertainment value that it has, more than fine with me as well. All right, here's what's happening on the show tonight. In case you didn't get the newsletter. And if, if you want to get it because you don't currently subscribe to it, you head on over to the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Very easy to find off to the right-hand leader. It's free. comes out every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You get a full rundown of who I have slated. Now, from time to time, there may be a cancellation, whatever the case may be, and I might have to backfill. And you might not be abreast of that, pun intended. But it comes every week. It's chalked full of information. And at some point, I believe that I'll actually be putting special discounts just for the newsletter. Trust me, you want to race over, you want to sign up. There's only a 1,000 slots, and more than half are already gone. To take advantage of some really cool opportunities down the road, again, you can find it at thebbqcentralshow.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Here's what's happening on the show in case you didn't get it and you're on your way to sign up for it now. Coming up um, roughly 14, 15 minutes from now, a second timer in, Sam Zion from the Sam Livecast. If you know me, if you know the show, you know that as far as Internet shows are concerned, Sam's uh, show is by far my favorite reoccurring webcast or livecast or whatever you want to call it. It's all video, kind of like how this show evolved somehow. I just wanted the show to be a radio show. You want to see this face? Of course you don't want to see this. The people demanded it, so whatever. Sam wanted you to see his face, and he's got a great crew, and they show live Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's part talk show. It's part cooking show. And I guess that's why I like it so much. Plus, I like the, the candor and the unedited, uncut version of the show. So, Sam, coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, tools that you need to have in your kitchen if you're putting one together. We're going to be talking about what it's like to be on television because Sam has a lot of TV experience uh, and a number of other items. So, Sam, always a great guest. And I uh, look forward to having him on here in just a few minutes. Uh, Scott Holmes from Little Miss Barbecue will be joining us. Before the end of the first hour, Little Miss Barbecue on a hellacious role in the competition scene. So we'll be talking to Scott, see how they got mixed up in the whole crazy competition barbecue world, along with some other hot-button items as well. Then we'll fold into the second hour. Nothing to give away as of yet, which is fine, because the easy hooks are gone. That was just last week. We'll be talking with, first, Mitch Benjamin. Maybe you haven't heard of Mitch Benjamin, the name, but perhaps you've heard of his business, Meet Mitch. It's a barbecue sauce, venturing into a whole other line of stuff that we're going to be talking about. He's very popular out there right now, doing a lot of marketing. Uh, you may have seen him on YouTube with one of my all-time favorite baseball players, George Brett, uh, cooking ribs for Man Cave. He's going to be doing something with the Major League Baseball All-Star Game next week, so we'll get the whole lowdown from Mitch. And if you're a fan of Shane Draper's show, you uh, heard Mitch already, so kind of a follow-up interview to that, I suppose, to a certain extent. And then closing out the show, one of my all-time favorite guests, because she holds a near and dear place in my heart. We kind of broke into this whole deal together many, many years ago. Danielle Domofsky from DivaQ will help me close out the show. So there you go. That's what's happening on the show tonight. Lots of uh, stuff to cover. All right, so we'll go ahead. We'll do Survey Tuesday right now. Question number one. When we're talking about competition brisket because this topic has really raged on and on is it wagyu is it prime or is it choice what you would get at the big box store so we'll look for that 
Question number two. We'll stay with the competition theme, at least for the first two questions. For chicken, do you remove the skin and then do whatever type of butchering and prepping that you're going to be doing to that thigh? Or do you leave it on the bird and do like one of those flip-over type willies? Question number three. Now, there's probably only one other person that's going to have an answer for this, and you're sitting to the left of me. What's your favorite softball cheer? I have a whole spiel on that next hour. But maybe you're somebody who has daughters that are in the 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old and up. I don't know if they do that in high school. You think they do that in high school, Bob? They should. Of course they should. They should do it all the way in the professionals. They do it in college. Yeah, they do it in college. We saw that. That's right. I just saw that on ESPN. So what's your favorite softball cheer? I have a number of favorites, of course. But... We'll talk about that in the 10. Well, at least I will give you my. If you want to call in to the show and you want to do your favorite softball cheer live on the air, I will absolutely put you up. We will put you on the air, and I will somehow work in a prize if you want to do a cheer on air. So there you go. Those are Survey Tuesday questions. Go ahead and weigh in if you would like. Uh, some of you have already noticed. A drum roll, please, Bobby. Uh, this very cool shirt. You can read, I like pig butts and I cannot lie, courtesy of Levi Bosca. You can get yourself some if you would like. C and G, like the two letters, C and G dot com. That is the website. And only tonight, if you buy two, well, maybe for the, oh, I forget what he says. Hold on a second. Let me race over to the emails and uh, see what he says here. Um... On the show, mention to the Centralites that for one week, if you order two shirts, you get free shipping if you mention the show. Free shipping doesn't get any better than that. you got to love free shipping. It's wonderful. So there you go. You go to C and G. Again, C, the letter, and the word G. C and G. T's, T-E-E-T-E-E-S dot com. C and G, T's dot com. Buy two shirts, free shipping, thanks to Levi Bosca, A, for the shirt. I mean, it's awesome, right? It's a lovable shirt. I like pig butts, and I cannot lie. Not to be confused with one of my all-time favorite rap songs, which, on occasion, I have been known to actually rap in the karaoke bars. I like big butts. Uh, Sir Mix-a-Log, Baby Got Back. So thanks to Levi for that. Update on a contest between me and one Chadley Von Ward of Whiskey Bent Barbecue. Bobby hit the uh, drum roll. You would recall a few weeks ago, Chad called me out and said, Hey, you're very high on the True Bud Barbecue team, and let's put in a bet. He's in somehow cahoots with one... Oh. Bubba Latimer from Bubba Q. And he said, at the end of the year, when it's all said and done, if Bubba Q finishes ahead of True Bud, who I think uh, is still odds-on favorite to win Team of the Year, although Tippy Canoe uh, obviously has different ideas at the moment, but if True Bud finishes, uh, or if uh, Bubba Q finishes ahead of True Bud, I will shave my very dome. I don't know if we want that. Now, on the other hand, 
If True Bud finishes in advance of barbecue, Chad will have to shave his head and, more importantly, all of his facial hair that he has grown over these 15 or 20 years. So I don't know which one you would rather see more. I have shaved my head in the past. That didn't go over too well in the house, i got to be honest. I've never seen Chad, uh, A, without facial hair, but I've only seen Chad a couple times, so I don't know how big of a deal that is. It could be a bigger deal for me to lose and, and lose my payload than it would be for Chad to lose his facial hair. But he's got to do his head, too, which I think is more shaved than not, if I recall from the last time. So, uh, quick update, True Bud, well in advance of barbecue by 15, 20 positions. So, as of now... My hair stays firmly secure, although it's falling out each and every day <laughs> quicker and quicker by the moment. My hair stays locked safely on the head, and uh, that's because TrueBud is second right now, KCBS Team of the Year. And if I believe when I pulled out the full standings of the KCBS, currently Bubba Q was maybe in the, the 15th or, or 16th position. That's a pretty big gap. So if Bubba is going to be looking to get me bald, which kind of sounds weird, he's going to have to make up a lot of ground starting very, very soon. Uh, moving on, the Great Lenexa barbecue battle took place just this past weekend, and there were 184 teams that took place in that event. Are you kidding? It's one of the biggest events that are out there right now. And... A lot of, a lot of, perhaps even more, a small handful of teams that I guess you would know were in there. Uh, for example, like Pellet Envy, but a lot of probably just backyard. I mean, this is really one of the biggest events that, if you're really not following the competition side of things, you, you may lose track of altogether. But as far as you know, one-off events really one of the bigger ones that happens during the course of the year, and I know one that a lot of teams actually want to go out and win. I believe I remember John Marcus saying that that is something that he would like to win during uh, his competition time. Also, Barbecue Pitmasters on television season three. The finals are set. If you missed it, Craig Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com, you know him here as Meathead, did a recap of week five, which is uh, what he has been doing on the Huffington Post. So if you're on Facebook and you follow uh, Craig there, I'm sure he linked up to that. Uh, I also have a link if you need it. And uh, does a, a brief, well, a very extensive, pardon my French, a very extensive write-up on this past weekend's events that saw uh, Danielle Domofsky take her segment of the show and uh, is now pitted against four others. So there's going to be a total of uh, five people, I believe, in the finals. Of course, I wouldn't know firsthand because, well, I don't get that channel on my service provider at all. Sorry. Thanks for coming. Sound effects anytime, Bob, when you're ready. Um, I'll be looking forward to seeing what they're devising for the finals, if they go a little season two on that. And I know Danielle isn't going to actually be able to like weigh in on any of that portion of the show, which is fine. I certainly respect that. But I'm waiting for another shoe to drop uh, per se. So there you go. And then uh, before we jump to break, there, what is what is going on with... These barbecue pits and, and people suffering horrific and catastrophic issues. For instance, woman dies after catching fire at a barbecue pit. This happening, uh, this is a Northampton 
Massachusetts lady. Authorities say a Northampton woman who suffered severe burns in an accident at her backyard barbecue pit has died in a Boston hospital. Police say 50-year-old Jennifer Driver Nelson died at Massachusetts General Hospital on Sunday from burns sustained in an accident about 3.30 p.m. Saturday. The death was not considered suspicious but remains under investigation. Police say her husband called the firefighters when he looked out of the window of their home and saw his wife's clothes on fire. He sustained minor birds trying to assist in putting her out. The fire pit was active at the time. So this just goes ahead and reminds all of us that we need to be careful around open flames and fires. The very bottom solution or resolution is that fire can be very deadly if you're not responsible around it. I don't know if there was drinking involved or whatever, which leads me to this. Barbecue argument ends in death. A man who refused to help his son barbecue Thursday night this past was shot dead and a scuffle erupted between the two. A family friend says Daniel Goodwin, 41, was found dead in a bedroom of his apartment in the 3700th block of East Commerce Street about 7 p.m., according to an incident report. His son, Darius Goodwin, was arrested on murder charges. The victim's friend, Jose Garcia, said Daniel Goodwin had just come home from work at a nearby recycling plant and was too tired to barbecue. The father and son got into a scuffle outside before the son went inside and reached for a gun, shooting his father, Garcia said. Daniel Goodwin's daughter, Danielle Walker, told police she tried to separate the men as they began fighting, and she watched as her father was shot. Uh I mean, if you're not dying from falling into a fire pit, uh, you're asking your son to help you barbecue who's too tired, and words are exchanged, and gunfire erupts. Look, this is not helping the barbecue community, people. People falling in active fire pits and burning to death. Uh, thoughts and prayers to the family. And uh, people shooting each other over being too tired to barbecue. What's the world come to? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Bob, give me a break. All right, gang, uh, here we go. If you were like me, then you are always trying to think of ways to step up your barbecue and grilling game. There's no better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. You need some validation before you head over to ButcherBarbecue.com to order some? Fine. How about the last three winners of the Houston Livestock Barbecue Contest have all used and won with Butcher's Barbecue? Top teams in KCBS, FBA, IBCA use Butcher Barbecue products. How about the fact that Pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue uses Butcher Barbecue products and all that would got him was third place overall in KCBS Team of the Year for 2011? Now, we all know Butcher's is well-known for the injections, that pork, the beef, now the Prime Injection, which has combined all of the things loved from their beef injection, using its award-winning flavor, enhancer, its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They have combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rub or sauce. You have hit the mother load here when you go to ButcherBBQ.com. A full line of award-winning rubs and sauces. One of my personal favorites, of course, that steak and brisket rub. But you go ahead and grab some of that honey rub, which has garnered a lot of internet recognition, especially last year from Scott Roberts. Try that premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's, because it is formulated to work with the injection hand-in-hand. It's a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. And last but not least, guys, gals, Butcher's Barbecue, that sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. 
Butcher's Sweet Barbecue Sauce wins in each and every category for me every time. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, and just the right amount of back-end heat. And for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce. And he didn't take the easy way out like most people do when they add that devil's urine, better known as liquid smoke. Grab a box of six, because it's just going to fly off the shelves at, at home as well. And no worries on breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either orders at $55 or less. Ship at $7, $56 and up. Ship at $9. So cheap all the way around. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. All right. Uh, when we come back, Sam the Cooking Guy will join me. You are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, my first guest tonight making a second appearance on the show. He hosts one of the live video cooking shows on the Internet. It's called the Sam Livecast every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and grab Sam Zion from the Sam Livecast. Sam, how are you, buddy? What about your favorite sandwich from Cabo? Oh, we, we, um, we sat down at a, at a hotel in Cabo on Sunday called the Hacienda. It's a beautiful hotel. I think they have like a timeshare component, which often means sort of crappy. In this case, it was very, very nice. It's at one end of the beach on Cabo. It's just beautiful. And I had this chorizo sausage sandwich. And I imagine that the, that the sandwich would come out with chorizo like in a, in a hot dog shape because it's said sausage. And it wasn't. What it, I mean, if you just take Mexican chorizo and put it in a pan with nothing else, mm -hmm. no butter, no oil, because it has enough fat in it, Right, and, and brown it. And it starts off pretty red. It's a little difficult to tell when it's done, because it doesn't, it doesn't go from like red to gray like uh, ground beef does. It just goes from like red to slightly darker red. But you take that and you put it in the bottom of a lightly toasted, you know, Torta roll, if you could get a Mexican one, or a ciabatta roll, something with a good grain to it, nice chewy kind of roll. So you've got this cooked chorizo on the bottom. Then you sprinkle Monterey Jack, shredded Monterey Jack cheese over top, mm. and throw that under the broiler. 
Ugh. So it melts the cheese, and at the same time, it starts to toast the top that you've not put on yet. Mm-hmm. You take that out of the oven, and then you put guacamole, just a very simple guacamole, nothing really more than avocado, some fresh lime juice, and some salt mixed into guacamole shape. You put that on the top bun. The top bun with the guacamole goes on top of the melted cheese and the chorizo. Squish down, slice in half, and eat. And I'm telling you, (laughs) if you go to the SamLiveCast.com page, look at the picture of the sandwich. You will run out and buy chorizo right now. It looks so amazing. And it tastes, honestly, better than it looks great. Is and I'm thinking one, two, three, four, like five or six ingredients. Is is chorizo an item that you would find that the majority of the consuming public isn't really aware of, or is that like a regional thing? Because that's not like uh, one of the first things that like comes to my mind for stuff that I would want to eat tonight for dinner. Okay, so so number one, it, it should be. Uh, number two, definitely in this part of the country where from, you know, downtown San Diego, you're, you're literally no more than 20 minutes, depending on the traffic from the Mexican border. So we have great Mexican food here. Right. Trezo is, and I, when I say trezo, just know that I'm talking about Mexican trezo as opposed to Spanish trezo. Spanish trezo comes out like, like salami or it's, you know, like a cured sausage. Mexican chorizo comes out. It's like a, like a grand, it's ground pork, but it's, it's flavored with spices and it's so darn good. You can't believe it. So if you're not familiar with it, I would say become familiar with it. It's a staple in my house. I'll buy it. Even if I have no plan to cook it, knowing that it keeps a while and that it's going to get used in eggs, uh, on a pizza, now in a sandwich. I make a chorizo cream that I put on top of enchiladas that would it'd blow your mind. It's, it's just so good. And chorizo cream, whipping cream and chorizo, that's it. Two ingredients. Mm. And you cook it, and we'll talk about that another time. But, yeah, I think people should know about that. You know, you'd mentioned that chorizo is like a staple in the house. And one of the other things that I've kind of noticed is I've, you know, kind of gone back through the archives of the show and kind of learned a little bit about you is the fact that, you know, if given your druthers and you were given a task to cook something, there's probably a pretty good chance you might put some kind of an Asian spin on it. Is that just, is that a taste that you have just kind of come to love and you always want to somehow incorporate it into something or were you like a big oriental food eater when you were growing up where does that come from uh well i'm from vancouver canada originally and vancouver has you know arguably the first or second largest uh chinese population outside of china i mean like new york san francisco vancouver i'm not sure how they spread out Condé Nast Traveler magazine a year and a half ago said that Vancouver had the best Chinese food in the world. Not North America, not uh, anywhere outside of China, in the world. And it's unbelievable. So I grew up with a lot of Chinese food. And the fact that I had a couple of 
very pretty Chinese girlfriends when I grew up didn't hurt. I mean, yeah. we ate a lot of, you know, dim sum and all kinds of great stuff. So that being said, I've always had a particular um, uh, sweet spot for Chinese and now Japanese that Japanese food that's grown uh, very important for me in the past few years. In fact, we went last night and had three couples, a great, a great Japanese restaurant, like super authentic, very sort of family style kind of food that was, that was really delicious. If I can throw a little bit of that in, in my cooking, I'm happy to do that. I like to vary what I do. I don't like to just only do one type of food. I just find it more interesting. It's like why I like a buffet because there's, you know, there's the fresh stuff, there's the cooked stuff, there's the pastas. And, and, and I would argue that most restaurants that offer a buffet don't do anything particularly well, but I like the variety. That's what I like. As they say, I like the variety. variety is the spice of life. That's well, nicely put, my friend. Of course. All right, so let's do this. Uh, we'll catch up here in the next day or two and iron out Skype all together because we want to see implements that you have, plus we want to see you in, in video. And uh, and then we'll pick a date where we can get you back on it again. I apologize here for the technical difficulty. So uh, uh, You don't have to apologize. You know what I like? Here's what I like about us. I like that you help bring the barbecue world that we are not so familiar with here to light on my show. And hopefully I can help bring things that maybe you guys aren't that familiar with to light on, on your show. Absolutely. And just because, just because there's a barbecue central radio show behind you on the wall doesn't mean it has to con- always be all things barbecue. And I can talk barbecue, but in a different way than you want, than you might, you know? Yep, absolutely. That's why, uh, you know, the reciprocation is great, and I enjoy being on your show, too. So uh, I, I will get in touch with you, and uh, we'll iron out Skype, and then uh, we'll get you back up here on the show. Appreciate you taking the time tonight. You got it. Thanks, man. All right, Tim, I love the care. T-shirt, by the way. I like pork butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> That's what it's all about. There you go. All right, Sam, thanks a lot. Right. See you, man. All right, take Have care. Have a good show. Bye. All right, there is uh, Sam Zion joining me. Uh Technical difficulties and all. Not sure exactly uh, what was going on there. Hopefully, Scott Holmes doesn't suffer the same fate in about three minutes. Break time. Let's do this. All right. Let me quickly talk to you about your barbecue. Oh, I didn't stop that. Uh, Go ahead. uh, Just fade that out. You're good. Yeah. 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 And then go ahead and play the other side. There we go. Beautiful. Take your barbecue to the next level with who? a barbecue pitmaster institute class pitmaster conrad teddy bear haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue now backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a business drive and fly in from all over the world for the institute's small friendly informative classes The Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes in Texas this spring, covering everything from a... This spring? How about summer? Hello! Uh, Covering everything from a short fajita class to an all-day class on the classics, brisket pork chops or pork, ribs, and chicken. Learn the differences, if you will, between cooking with charcoal, with gas, with logs, wood pellets. They can all produce amazing results yet all require a different route to get there. 
Learn the practical secrets and the food science, which is more important, on the methods to get you the best results from each heat source. By the way, that could also be different cookers. When not teaching classes on the weekend, Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. Also founded OPBBQ.com in 2004 and still barbecues for troops and wounded warriors. To make your next off-site event really memorable, have an off-site Barbecue Institute party. Show your employees you care for the very best barbecue money can buy. They'll be talking about it for years to come. But more importantly, they're probably going to be thieving away the barbecue and running home so they can feed it to their family, possibly pass it off as their own as well. Oh, my goodness. For details on the Barbecue Institute classes, you visit bbqinstitute.com. Or you can go to the Barbecue Central homepage down at the uh, towards the bottom right there. All the sponsors on the show, click on their badges. Barbecue Institute is right there. You can also check out their Facebook page for the latest news and pictures. Again, the website, bbqinstitute.com. That's bbqinstitute.com. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to try Skype again with Scott Holmes from Little Miss Barbecue. E. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, new sound band, Let's go. I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. All right, we are back. It is about twenty till the top of the hour. 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I apologize for uh, Sam's segment there. I'm not sure exactly what happened. Bobby, lock me up. Um, I have an idea now that I see Scott off to the side here. 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, my next guest is the pitmaster for a team that has been on a real hot streak as of late. Joining me to talk about their recent successes as well as how they got in this whole barbecue deal. Pitmaster of Little Miss Barbecue. Let's race over to the hotline and we grab Scott Holmes from Little Miss Barbecue. Scott, how are you, buddy? How are you doing? Scott, I apologize. Uh, I see we have uh, also wife and baby. We got the wife and the baby here, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, what's your wife's name, Scott? As I can make a complete butt out of myself here. <laughs> I'm, I'm Becky. Becky. Oh, yeah, right. I guess I could have read that off of the, the Skype name, right? Nice. That's okay. Uh-oh. And this is Vivian. All right, guys, give me uh, give me one second here. Let me uh, fix your video on my side. So uh, just hang out for one second. Listen to a little uh, Benny Hill yakety sax. Give me one second.
All right, there we go. Applause for me, Bob. Come on, get on it. All right. Uh, so, Scott and Becky, happy to have you on. And then, uh, who's the baby? And a, and a fresh baby at that, right out of the pit, it looks like. She is. She's uh, seven weeks. Her name's Vivian. So, yeah, she's our new excitement in life. I think she's good luck. Yeah, well, and from I was talking to Scott off air a couple days ago. And so this is like number one. Yeah. So I have uh, three daughters. So I'm two, two ahead of you. So, you know, don't wait. Start pumping all the girls out because I need somebody else to join the club with me uh, really quick. Sure, so, yeah, easy. Any, yeah, give us a little time. Yeah, seven weeks. That's plenty. You've got all – you're armed with all the information you need. Just start punching them right out. No big deal. Perfect. Right. Game on, baby. So I'm always interested in what pushes, you know, someone or a few people or a group over the edge to that world of competition barbecue – uh, so I guess, you know, what's the background uh, between you two and, well, obviously you're married, but, uh, you know, why bother getting into this whole barbecue competition deal? You know, I have a uh, boss at work, and he had been watching Barbecue Pitmaster season one, and there was a local competition with a back with a backyard comp, and he's like, he comes into my office one day, hey, Scott, I signed us up for the competition, and uh, you're doing the burger, so... That was my first experience with the competition. Went out there, cooked the burger. Thought it was a great burger. Uh, didn't place very well. And ever since that day, we're like, you know what? We can do this. And uh, so we've been competing and practicing and competing and practicing ever since. Becky, are you just kind of a, along for the ride, or were you interested in getting into this whole barbecue thing as well? Well, I certainly started with Scott, but I've come from a lot of – family that loves to cook as well and we love to cook and when he started competing i'm very competitive and i said let's do it right like becky she uh she's helped develop our flavor profile for our chicken and also for our ribs so she plays a very active role now uh, you know you guys have been having a very good year so far you won grand championship a few weeks ago arizona are you attributing your success to you know anything in particular? Are there a few items that you can kind of let us in on that helps you get those best results that you're looking for? You know, I, I think it just comes down to we practice every single weekend, and we practice once or twice a weekend. We just religiously practice all the time. Um, you know, another thing too is we've had a lot of good teams out here. We have teams like Rhythm and Q. Uh, IV30, Slap Your Daddy, R&R Barbecue, uh, Pigskin Barbecue, they come out here a lot. So we've we've really had some good mentors and some people that have kind of helped us along that have tasted our food and said, you know, it's good, maybe try this, maybe do that. Um, so we've been very fortunate. Scott and Becky Holmes joining me here on the show. Uh, Becky, you know, when you guys start, you know, I'm always interested in, you know, it seems especially over the last three, four years, you know, there's a lot of competition cooking classes that are taking place, but as you guys started to get your feet wet, get into this whole competition scene, how does the team go about, A, I guess, learning about flavor profiles, B, trying to figure out what's successful, and then, I guess, more importantly and ultimately, coming up with that original flavor profile that would be associated with Little Miss Barbecue? Well, I think the biggest thing when we're trying to figure out the taste that we want is getting that full flavor from the front to the back. So you're, you're getting your sweet, your salty, your spicy, and then taking all those components and trying to figure out exactly what works for each piece of meat. You know, we have our specific 
rubs that we use. You know, we have a spicy rub that we use on chicken, and then we have a sweeter rub. And then our sauce is a sweet with just a bit of cayenne at the back. And so it kind of hits all areas of the mouth. And we've done really well with that. Once we started making sure that each of our meats has all those components, we've started doing a lot better. Um, We're working right now on pork. (laughs) Uh, It seems like a lot of people are doing their best to work on pork right now. But are you guys using commercially made rubs and sauces? Are you using something that you've made from scratch at the Little Miss uh, barbecue test kitchens, or what's happening out there? <laughs> no, we pretty much use commercial sauces. And we, we like, our, our chicken rub or our chicken sauce, we use three different sauces, and we actually add a couple things to it. Um, we, we always use commercial rub for basically 90% of it. Mm-hmm. Just so that it's consistent. Uh, and then we may add a couple of spices to it, or we might add a fruit juice to it. Uh, something simple like that, you know, just to make it our own. What are some of the biggest things uh, that you, I guess, used to do when you originally started that you don't even think about doing anymore at barbecue competition? <laughs> <laughs> when we first started, um, you always hear about teams using uh, doing the butter bath for the chicken. And I come from a culinary background, so I'm thinking, you know what? What's better than butter? So I was like, duck fat. Well, I can't. I, I didn't want to stretch the rules too much, so I was like, let's use chicken fat. So after scraping all of our skins, we would take all that fat and we put it in a pot and we'd render it. So we take all that chicken fat and we use that in our pan to braise our braise poach, whatever you want to call it, our chicken. And then we thought, well. What's even better? Confit. So we're like, hey, let's do a chicken confit. So we'd cook our chicken on Friday evening. And at that point, we would go ahead and put it in the cooler and then reheat it the next day. And that's probably the craziest thing that we did when we started. And uh, we're not going back to that one anytime soon. So you were, you were cooking the chicken Friday night and then reheating it and turning it in Saturday? Yeah. Isn't that against KCBS law? Well, you're allowed to cook the meat, and then you have to cool it. Like, you can cool it so it's under 140 degrees, and then you have to raise it so it's back up. I think it's over 160, 165. But there's nothing about pre-cooking your meat and then reheating it. You just can't take pieces of pork off the shoulder. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, the pork parting seems to rage on and on as far as the annals of arguments, but uh, nobody yes. ever even blinked at your uh, pre-cooked chicken warmed up and turned back in with no problem, right? <laughs> it didn't do well. It didn't do well at all. Well, good. At least you're not doing that anymore, right? <laughs> all right. Uh, what are you cooking on, and, and why do you have that cooker or cookers? You know, we uh, we started out with big green eggs, and they were just too heavy, and we were afraid that they would break every time. We went to one competition, and we checked two of them. And after that, we are like, you know what, we need a new smoker. So we went to Todd John's. He had a class here at Barbecue Island. So we went to his class, and he was cooking on FEC 100. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like, that thing is pretty sweet. Um, so we ended up buying one the week after that class, and we've been cooking on it ever since. We absolutely love it. You know, it's it's pretty much set it and forget it. Uh, you can it doesn't have a lot of smoke to it, and if you need to add more smoke, you can always do that as well. But you know, it fits our style of cooking. Uh, Becky, you know, it's unique to have a husband and wife team on the show and a 
then taking part in the interview. And I guess not a lot of us would have a significant other that would find coolness and potential joy in buying a smoker or a grill or something like that. But I'm guessing. I'm lucky. Uh, I mean, are, do you? Is that something that you find intriguing? Do you not really care about the vessel, or did you have a pretty significant input on what you'll be cooking on since you're part of the team? I mean, I certainly didn't know about any of these different smokers before I started competing out here. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that when we took that... <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Interruption. No, not at all. <laughs> well, when we took that class, it was it was so nice. It was so easy. And the food was good. It wasn't just, you know, an easy bake oven. It, it tasted like barbecue. Um, I mean, I would love to get a stick burner in the future. I know. She wants a jambo. How sweet is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't think I've actually been told that by my wife yet, but I suppose if I pushed her hard enough. <laughs> Maybe someday, right? Absolutely. Someday. Hey, you never know. All right, so uh, I referenced a couple minutes ago about uh, competition cooking classes. Is that something that you guys have ever taken a part of, trying to, to ramp that learning curve up a little bit quicker, or have, have you not gotten into that whole craze? We did when we first started. We took uh, Todd John's class from Plowboys. And, you know, from that class, we learned we didn't really use any of his recipes or anything after that afterwards. But we, we, learned, we, we learned techniques to use on the, on the smoker. And it's, it's interesting because you hear people, should I take a class, should I not? And the biggest thing that we found from taking that class is you learn more from not, well, not from what they say, but what they do. Um, I know for ourselves, I can't tell you half why we do half the things we do. Um, we just do them. And I remember with Todd John's class, there's been many times that we've been stuck and I didn't know what to do for something. I started thinking, well, what did he do in the class? And, uh, you know, an answer would always come to me. So I do think for new teams that classes can be very beneficial. Scott and Becky Holmes joining me here on the show. Little Miss Barbecue is the team name. Scott, before I let you go, best advice for teams just starting out? Get to know some good teams, make friends with them, and ask them to try your food. Uh, another thing I would do is maybe ask to try theirs. Uh, some teams won't do it. Some teams will say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll taste your food, and, and I'll critique it or whatever. But, you know, we've learned the most from tasting other teams' food. It kind of leads you in a direction because – you don't know how spicy it should be. You don't know how sweet it should be. And it can really help you start dialing in your own flavors. Because you may taste somebody's food and be like, I don't like their food at all. And you'll be like, well, they do well. Yeah, but I don't like it. We're not going to do it. Um, so that's that's my number one tip for a new team. You bring up a, an interesting point, and it's not even a question that I had outlined. But if you're tasting somebody's food and you say, well, I don't like that, or uh, somebody's tasting your food and they say, I don't like it, in competition, are you making food that you would eat normally, or is it something that's way off the chart, that's flavor-packed, so you're almost trying to go over the top with what you're offering in that one or two bites that you might get from a judge? You know, I absolutely love what we turn in for every category except for pork. I, I'm just not a big pulled pork fan. Um I love our chicken thighs. I love our ribs. I love the brisket. I'll eat it all day long. Now, I, I, I'm not one of those guys where I'm like, you know, I don't like our competition food. 
our food isn't too sweet. It isn't too spicy. We just try to be right in the middle. We try to make the best, most incredible, uh, generic barbecue that we can. And it works well for us. It obviously does. The uh, awards prove it. Scott Holmes is the uh, pit master for Little Miss Barbecue. Uh, Scott, please thank Becky. Uh, obviously, I had bored the baby to tears. Uh, so thank her for coming on with me. Uh, thank your daughter for sitting in and continued success. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks so much, Greg. Take you got care. it. Uh, there he is, Scott Holmes from Little Miss Barbecue, joining me here on the show, and uh, really tearing up the uh, the contest circuit right now. So we'll be on the lookout for them, and if they're showing up where you're at, yee, watch out! Doing very good right now. All right, uh, one more break here before uh, we wrap up the first hour and push off into hour number two. This a public service message. To all the barbecue brothers and sisters from one of our show sponsors, that, of course, Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, who is also a barbecue junkie. We talk about it all the time. Look, I don't even need the paper for this one. Way it goes. How many times have you decided that I need a piece of jewelry, I want a watch, I want stud earrings, I want diamond rings... I want those Pandora-style bracelets that are very popular right now. And you don't want to spend all of the retail dollars. Look, I hear you. I was that guy, too. Now you can be like me, guy. Somebody that knows somebody in the jewelry business. That's Stephen DeFranco. You call Steve, 440-943-2700. And... What are you laughing at? <laughs> you call. There's a very good chance that Steve could answer the phone himself. If not, you ask for him. You say, look, I, Patio Daddy, you're a liar. I have uh, been looking at a watch or I have been looking at a piece of jewelry. I was wondering if you can help me out or I want to sell some stuff that I'm not using. Whatever the case may be, Steve is going to help you out. You go to stephendefranco.com. That's his website. And if you want to take advantage of a plethora of savings, because you're not going to get it otherwise, you first look at his inventory and you decide what you want. Then you call in the 440-943-2700. You ask for Steve, you tell him you're a barbecue brother, or you tell him that you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Show and you're looking for a deal. He's giving 50% off on certain kinds of watches, uh, 25% off on the diamond stud earrings, but it's best to consult with him first so he can really kind of match. He's like the sommelier of jewelry. And you're going to get a discount. So you don't have to schlep off to the mall, pay huge retail prices from a K Jewelers or a Rogers or somebody like that. You can deal with somebody that A, supports the show, B, is a barbecue junkie first and foremost, C, also happens to be in the jewelry business. So now we know somebody. Again, uh, the website stephendefranco.com. You call Steve, 440-943-2700. You tell him you're a fan of the show and uh, you want the hookup. And he will take care of it from there. As always, uh, free shipping no matter where you are in the country. So take advantage of that as well. All right, uh, we'll come back and wrap up the first hour very quickly. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living. The women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, Bernie, let's go. I've been drifting down that open highway. Finger in the air, cause I do things my way. The next town's where I call home. Right, welcome back. Two minutes till the top of the hour. This will be a very short segment. Thanks to Scott and Becky Holmes from Little Miss Barbecue. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And, uh, again, thanks to Sam Hassan. Sam Hassan. Sam Zion. Sam Hassan runs L.A. Talk Radio. They're going to be – well, they dropped off eight minutes ago. Sam Zion, the uh, Sam the cooking guy for <laughs> muddling through a horrific segment that will fix. Now, Skype worked on Scott's end. So I have to believe in my uh, – my the, the cockles of my very heart, perhaps even the subcockle region, that there's a lot of bandwidth running through uh, Sam's house. So we'll get that uh, figured out here in the next day or two. We'll bring him back on because he's a great guest. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, click uh, click play there. Bob, why don't you? And yeah, um, in like a minute and a half, if you have. Your favorite softball cheer, because we're going to be reviewing your uh, seven. What does that mean, your seven? Drops the F. All right, hold on a second. Crazy. Uh, Shane Draper said that he will give away three eight-ounce packages of Mood Enhancer on the show if you call in and do your favorite softball cheer. Start YouTubing. I'm going to give you my favorite softball cheer here in a second. My softball-playing daughter, Bobby, will be giving me her favorite softball cheer here in a second. We'll get you off and running. And then you will be ready to go. All right. You are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. from SoCal and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the 
in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wieners. So listen, Lavernia, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. And we'll look forward to uh, Mitch Benjamin and Diva coming up here in the second hour. All right. Survey Tuesday questions. Question number one for your consideration. Hello. Brisket for competition. A Wagyu, prime, or choice? Question number two. When you are uh, doing the bird portion of your cook chicken-wise, are you removing the skin... And then reattaching, or do you just leave it on the bird, kind of do that little flop over, like a piece of loose leaf? Question number three. What's your favorite softball cheer? Ladies and gentlemen, we have one winner already. Hit the horn. Come on. Pay attention. This one, uh, Patrick Paquette, basic Patrick, will be receiving one of the three-ounce mood enhancer packages. Uh, He didn't call in and do it, but he did write it down, and he kept it very, very poignant. So here it is. Softball here, softball there. She winds up no head on deer. Applause. That was about you and your Facebook. You took the head off the deer. What do you think about that? Fantastic. Patrick, you win. It's true. Go ahead and uh, send me your shipping info. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. I'll get that down to Shane. Softball here, softball there. She winds up no head on deer. <laughs> so funny. All right. Randy Hill weighing it. Now, I have a bone to pick. Not with Randy, per se. Randy, you were on uh, this past weekend on uh, Pitmasters, weren't you? You can answer yes or no. Uh, Randy weighing in prime competition brisket, frying pan on the chicken, and softball cheer. Like with a question mark. Softball cheer? You know what I'm talking about. Bob Parker, prime Wagyu. It's one and the same, right? Randy was on the... Pitmasters show this past weekend. And I had mentioned in the open that Meathead did a very significant write-up on that show. Now let me... Did I go away with this one? Where is that at? Let me pull this page up here. And I have to take issue with my friend Meathead. He goes through this whole extensive uh, write-up about the show overview, and then he's talking about the contestants. Here's Randy Hill. Randy Hill is a uh, supporter of the show, a regular listener live. Give him an uh, air horn for that. Meathead has the audacity 
in his Huffington Post journal write-up, Huffington Post, this, after writing this, should be called into question. Randy Hill, the family, and I quote from Meathead, the family doctor was the designated loser this episode. There always seems to be one poor schlub who is clearly over his head. He didn't trim uh, much off of his loin, brine it for about two hours, blah, blah, blah. What kind of an opening paragraph is this? Meathead, I would guarantee you've never met Randy in your life, or I'll at least bet 3 or $4 on that. What would incite you to write that there's a designated loser for the episode and then a poor schlub? I would never say that about him. It's outrageous. You can't say that kind of stuff. Come on. These are all barbecue guys. And then, uh, also, I did want to mention on the show uh, this past weekend, a fellow Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city liver from Cleveland, Ohio, Rob Marion, was also on the show. Rob, all right, way to go. All right. Now, let me get back to I just wanted to pull that up real quick. Craig, uh, Craig yielding a very sharp pen. Jeez, oh, man. Yeah, like Randy says, he's a middle-class schlub. He's no just standard run-of-the-mill schlub. Come on. Give me a break. Next week on the show, if you're wondering, go ahead and run over to the uh, website and sign up for the newsletter. Mark Graham from Gorilla Pellet Cookers, Fahrenheit Technologies, will be joining me. Also, reality TV star Darling and... Chef of, I believe it's Tremont Tremont 347 uh, and former Iron Chef contestant Andy Husbands rejoins the show. He's already been on the show once. We talked to him about being part of IQ. We'll talk about Wicked Good Charcoal Book. We'll talk about his time on television, all the fun stuff. So Mark Graham and Andy Husbands at the bare minimum next week, so tune in for that. And then there's this. You would recall a couple weeks ago, I had had Rob Mandeville on. Rob is the creator of the Pork Puller. That was uh, here, porkpuller.com for a while. This real estate has now been sold to a new advertiser who will probably start next week. They'll remain nameless until we start. But one of the top companies in the industry, fear not, but I had Rob on, and we talked uh, at somewhat length of his particular invention, that being the poor. But before that, we also talked about the event that he coordinates in North Platte, uh, North Platte, Nebraska. And evidently, this particular event has come under some controversy, and I, I kind of found out it by happenstance, found out about it by happenstance. I was tooling through KCBS website to uh, get some results from this past weekend, try and keep tabs on some of the teams that I like secretly, obviously see where TrueBud did in relation to how safe my hair is right now. And it says, every once in a while up at the top left, it'll say like board notes, and it said special board result or whatever it was. So I clicked into that and found that there had been a special meeting called, I believe it was like a week ago, for the North Platte. Competition, and it seems that 
the contest reps made uh, quite an error in, from what I could ascertain, not having enough judges to properly judge the event. And instead of noticing that before any of the trays were delivered to the first set of tables, they plowed through the first two events or the first two meet categories. And then they uh, decided that they would use a procedure that was put in uh, the, the quote-unquote lost, uh, lost ballot procedure. So it's kind of an, an odd thing because I don't ever recall hearing an event kind of get pushed through the judging process. And I had sent uh, letters to Candy Weaver. I also had a, a fairly lengthy back and forth with Rob Marion. And so I asked him, I said, uh, they, he said they, they used the lost scorecard procedure to average the tables of four. How you would lose a scorecard is beyond me, but at least they had a procedure already in place, but it certainly wasn't a lost card. Uh, Sonny Ashford and uh, there was another lady in question uh, have summarily been terminated from uh, being contest rep and uh, being associated with KCBS. They are going to be able to reapply or, or, or apply for reinstatement in a year. But pulling that kind of a trickery and tomfoolery in a contest probably isn't going to lend to people wanting to be competing at events that you're at, given what's happened. So I asked Rob, I said, hey, uh, what would have happened if he would have said something right at the outset, and when would he have known that he was in trouble? And Rob wrote back, uh, if he had pointed, if he had pointed this right out, there would still have been the lost card procedure that would have been put in place. The teams would have been outraged, and he would have had a lot of pissed off cooks in his face. But it may have saved him with KCBS, perhaps resulting in some sort of uh, disciplinary action that didn't include termination. So then I said, well, why bother saying anything at all if you got through the first two meets? Which I was under the impression that he had gotten through first two and then decided to say, look, I've screwed up here and you know this is where we're at. Uh, he didn't. He actually said nothing. And from what I understand, a, a CBJ had, had called in to KCBS to lodge that complaint. And then I asked him if he had ever heard anything like this, and uh, he said it was a rare occurrence. So I asked the same thing to Candy Weaver. And uh, she said that the procedure for a lost card is to average all of the remaining cards on the table together. Uh, numbers that are 0.5 get rounded up to the next whole number. Below, uh, below it goes down. And the lost card is processed through a scoring software. The lowest score on the table is dropped. Uh, the reps, and there were two, didn't count the judges at tables. The table captains didn't either. And the problem should have been caught before the first tray was delivered. There should have been only seven tables, not eight. After four or after ribs, the four judge table was dismissed, and the five judge table received another judge. This probably was after inputting scores for chicken and realizing the error. Um, as a cook, this being candy, uh, she thinks this uh, brings a whole new look at the phrase "luck of the table." Uh, but as far as solutions go, uh, this did follow the established procedure and was the fairest way they could possibly think of. Uh, doesn't make everyone happy, absolutely not, but it was the best solution they come up with. Now. In fairness to KCBS on this, from what I understand, the teams that got bumped up and had already received money got a difference check, and teams that got bumped up that didn't get money uh, also got checks as well. So 
all in all pretty fair. But, geez, how do you not know how many judges you got? You got to count those right off the bat. I mean, I don't know. Candy also said it was very hot and that uh, perhaps heat and dehydration and, and perhaps some type of heat exhaustion might have played a part in all of this. Uh, but I find that to be highly suspect. Uh, I would not offer that up as an excuse at all, uh, unless it was like 150 degrees out there and 200% humidity. Uh, from what I understand, judging is done in like air-conditioned anyway, so the heat shouldn't have been a, a huge issue. You count and you either have enough people you don't or you send some people away or you try and fill with bodies uh, with reps that are close by or judges that are close by or, or whatever. But, you know, look, if I've learned anything in my life, you own up to it right off the top. You could have some pissed off people right in front of your face. But look, what's the alternative? Getting terminated as a contest rep uh, and, and now having to kind of overcome that, uh, that stigma if you get reinstated by KCBS. Who's going to want to come to that event that he's going to be at? They're going to have questions all over the place. Oh, is my hair out of place? Do I look good? All right. All right. Break time. When we come back, we will have uh, Mitch Benjamin from Meet Mitch. All right, as many of you know, I have gotten my mitts on a pellet cooker, the Gorilla, who we'll talk about next week. First thing I thought of, Barbecuer's Delight for fuel. Why? Widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. That's right, whether you're on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuer's Delight wood pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality and flavor. You should give them a try as well. And you can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets. You load one-third cup into that pot, then you place it on your cooker or grill and let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellets. Let me give you a, a little insight here. When pellets are made, all of the air within the cellular structure of the wood is evacuated. It concentrates that wood into a very dense form, like my fist, much denser than natural trees. As compared to other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield more smoke at a more intense rate, which helps give that food that nice smoky flavor exactly when it's needed. And since pellets have been processed from sawdust by pressure, that generates heat. What does heat do? It eliminates any contaminants present in the wood. They're gone. The this process produces a sterile, smoking wood product of consistent quality. Pellets are easy to use since you don't have to smoke them in water prior to use, and you can blend wood flavors to produce consistent results each and every time with the use of Barbecuers Delight wood pellets. Here's something to remember. When you buy those one-pound bags, that's all flavor wood. Bobby, pay attention. It's all flavor wood. You got that? Now, when you get older, you buy yourself a pellet-fired cooker. Get on camera. I'm talking to you. Now, when you uh, get older, you buy a pellet cooker you're going to need to buy the pellet fuel. You know what that is? It's two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood that provides that uh, consistent BTU burn that you need, but it's also giving you that smoke flavor that you desire on your succulent meat. Make sense? No, of course it doesn't. All right, do yourself a favor then. Go grab some Barbecuers Delight pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all of the flavors that they have. Stop fussing with the chips and the chunks the choice of competition cooks and backyard hats like me, both are Barbecuers Delight wood pellets. That's bbqrsdelight.com. All right, we're coming back with Meet Mitch. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with me. My first guest in the second hour has his own line of sauce. Also, adding to the product's portfolio, literally as we speak, he is taking the sauce world by storm. You may have heard him on my boy Shane Draper's show a few weeks back. Here to break down some barbecue with me is the pitmaster of the Meet Mitch barbecue team. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and grab Mitch Benjamin, who joins me here on the show. Mitch, how are you, buddy? Greg, thank you so much for having me on. I'm stoked. Uh, Absolutely. My pleasure, Mitch, and I appreciate you uh, taking time for the show. You know, Mitch, most of us do not make this extravagant living we have all become accustomed to through the industry of barbecue alone, or at least very few of us do. And alas, the majority of us still have day jobs. I know you do as well. And uh, for the betting public, you probably have maybe one of the best daytime grinds out there, at least from the outsider looking in. Could you give us a little insight on what you do day-to-day basis? Well, yeah, I I have to agree with you. I got a pretty good gig. I started in 1996 with TaylorMade uh, Golf Company, and I've been living in Kansas City and uh, selling drivers and irons and putters and wedges ever since. So it's uh, I got I got no complaints. I love my job. You know, golf is... I don't want to say it's it's gaining popularity, but, I mean, it's always been very popular. But you, you see more and more people trying to pick it up, almost like a barbecue to a certain degree. How And I guess I've always known tailor-made clubs, and then there's been a, a very few, because I'm more of a peripheral golf fan. I played, I think, between 8th and 10th grade. I got really good at it for those two years, and then I plateaued. And because I am very, very ego-driven, I said, well, screw it. I'll just do something else if I can't get any better anymore. <laughs> So I sold the sticks, and that was it, and I never uh, picked anything up else since then. But there's been a lot of other equipment manufacturers that have come up in regards to golf clubs. What do you think Taylor May, or what do you think has made Taylor made so successful spanning all of this time with their equipment? Well, we were the first metal wood back in 1978. So as you can remember, back in the day, most guys used persimmon wooden clubs off the tee. And uh, Gary Adams, our founder, he introduced a metal wood, which people kind of laughed at and considered more of a driving range club. But uh, he took it to the PGA show in Orlando back in 78, launched the company, and kind of history has been written since then. And I really think in, in the year 2000 was a major boost for us when we were purchased by Adidas. So we are now under their umbrella, and they just brought an influx of money and talent and really the last 12 years has just been an unbelievable ride. It's been awesome. It's a great industry to be in. Mitch Benjamin joining me here on the show. Uh, I would imagine that because you are covering such a, you know, a, a pretty decent chunk of territory, you might be able to, to meet people that most of us wouldn't normally get to meet, celebrities, uh, sports guys, gals, and so on. Are there any people that really stick out to you as somebody that you are – able to meet because of the job that you wouldn't normally get to meet otherwise? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, living here in Kansas City, the biggest icon in town is George Brett, who is a very avid golfer. And so I've had an opportunity to get to know him pretty well over the last uh, 10, 12 years. And, um, And he's afforded me unbelievable opportunities. 
I've had an opportunity to uh, to cook the last couple of years for the Kansas City Royals. So um, my team and I, we've gone in, fed both locker rooms uh, for several games. We, we kind of cherry pick a little bit. We get to do the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, when the Cubbies come into town, when we're playing National League, we we go and the Cardinals. And uh, two weeks ago, we had a fun trip. We went out. The Brewers came in, and uh, uh, for for shits and grins, I took uh, um, a good buddy of mine out there, Rod Gray, and we cooked on the Brewers side. And lo and behold, Bob Euchre came in and spent about 45 minutes with us looking at at Rod's uh, pellet envy bright uh, fluorescent green pit pictures <laughs> on his phone and and talking barbecue he watches pit masters watches all the shows so we were about done and then he asked me what i really did and i told him golf and then that led to about another 25 minutes of discussion so we had a heck of a time it was fun now uh you keep mentioning rod gray i'm sorry i have no idea who he is <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Just kidding. All right, uh, he's a premier cooker in the world. Rod Gray, Pellet Envy. Oh, that I got Rod to know Gray. him. I took his class last year, and I couldn't recommend anything more highly than than sit, sitting through a day, day and a half with Rod because he knows everything there is to do. And I was actually on the end of my seat listening and taking notes, and my mom would have been proud. Absolutely, uh, Mitch Benjamin joining me here on the show. Uh, Meet Mitch is like the team and the brand you can find at Meet, as in M-E-A-T, meetmitch.com. So, Mitch, there, there's a faction of us in barbecue who have never even tried to make our own sauce. There's so much out there that is good, ready to go right there in the market already. Then there's some of us, kind of like myself, who make their own at home, but we kind of just stop there. But you're kind of like a part of a smaller percentage of folks who actually make that leap, kind of take that risk to go to market. So kind of as you look back, how long did it take you to get a sauce together that you thought was good enough to try and, and get that sauce into market? Well, Greg, you touched on it a little while ago when you when you took on playing golf. You're a competitive person, and, and there's opportunities within barbecue to compete in all different uh, categories, not just food. So sauce was one of them, and it really intrigued me and, and my team, and, and there were sauces that were commercially produced out there that we liked, but we always thought that we could do something better, right? So <laughs> so we set out to accomplish that task, and we came up with some stuff, and it's a great reason to get together on Friday and Saturday nights and drink as much beer as you can and slug, yeah. slug down sauce, right? So when we got to uh, the point where we thought we really had something, then, you know, there's an opportunity in Kansas City with different co-packers and whatnot to go down to test kitchens to work on what you have and, uh, you know, really bring it to fruition. And then the next thing you know, you've got a pallet of sauce and a bunch of money in it, and you've got to figure out what to do pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you've got you to sell that, right? Right, right. So, <laughs> so we've had some success. Um, we've definitely had some success. Um, Justine at Oklahoma Joe's kind of took us under his wing and helped us out of the gate running pretty quickly. Um, we had some success at, at uh, you know, barbecue competitions, we went to Memphis in May last year, right after we brought our naked sauce out. Put that, stood in line with that in a in a coffee cup that seemed like a mile long. Turned it in with a number, and the next thing we know, we're standing on stage, you know, winning an award for the sauce at Memphis in May, our first time there. So that was quite a thrill. So it's been it's been fast and furious, and it's been a heck of a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. Mitch Benjamin joining me here on the show. You know, Mitch. 
what, let's say there's roughly one billion sauces in stores right now. There's even more on the interwebs if you're trolling for them. And I think that that means there's probably three billion in Kansas City. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, right? So, I mean, you know, you're a, you're a sales guy, and uh, obviously you're, you're very invested in the Meat Mitch brand. But, I mean, what makes your sauce unique? Why do you think it would stand out from some of the others if somebody's asking you about it? Well, it's definitely a Kansas City sauce. I mean, we try to stay stay local to our heritage here. It's a it's a sweet sauce. It's it's tomato based, but yet incorporates vinegar. Um, it has some heat to it, which I like. Some smokiness to it that I like. Um, it just has all the elements that we wanted. We wanted something that finished with a beautiful glaze for presentation. I mean, we really built it for competitions and and built it, you know. To, to win, you know, that's what we wanted to do. So I think we've accomplished all that. We've had, you know, a lot of success. People people really like it. Um, we came out with, uh, and that's the Meat Mitch Womp Sauce. We came out with Meat Mitch Naked Sauce, which is an all-natural version, really to get into some different avenues like Whole Foods. A year ago, they enacted a rule where you could not um, include high fructose corn syrup in any of their products. So we were able to manufacture pretty much the same flavor profile as Womp, but um, make a homemade ketchup, homemade Worcestershire, you know, to the ingredients that, that are in the sauce and avoid the elements that, that uh, Whole Foods did not want. And, boy, did it turn out good. I was worried about it, you know, when you're changing, changing the daddy sauce with, with something else. You, you, but we, we accomplished exactly what we set out to do. And then just kind of dialed back the heat a little bit on it because it's one thing when you talk to enough people, they all want to give you their opinion of your sauce, which sometimes, you know, you don't really want to hear. But uh, it was, you know, with the womp, it was spicy enough that, that some people were turned off to it. So with the naked, we were able to dial that down and really, you know, provide two different sauces for two different palates. So it turned out to be a home run. It's been great. So you have, you know, the award-winning Womp sauce. So you have the Naked that comes out, and now you're able to get into some of the other stores uh, that perhaps Womp wasn't going to be. Pardon me for asking, and I don't want to sound stupid and show my ass a little bit. What the hell is Womp? Oh, I don't. It's just a term, you know. I figured <laughs> Womp. I don't know. It's something that you know. You know, with barbecue, it's all about buddies and good friends and having a good time. And that was kind of just a saying that we'd throw at each other if someone said something stupid or someone said something funny or if you if you got over on someone, womp, we just would throw it at, at each other and we just went with it. We rolled with it. It kind of gives a you know a good idea of of the personality of our brand and our team and kind of what we're all about. We're just we're having fun. We're not going to come with a, a masterpiece name or any of that. We're going to throw something at you that's just a little different that has people like you asking, what in the hell is that? Now, one of the benefits of having my own uh, radio show that somehow morphed into video is that I have uh-huh. you know great guests come on and I can just go through and section out certain things and kind of make it like the uh, the annals of archive sound drops. And okay. I got one from our mutual friend uh, who absolutely uh, is joining me right here on the line. Uh, Bobby, uh, let's go ahead and race over to the hotline, and uh, we will pull up. Go ahead. Pretend like we're doing it. We'll race over to the hotline. And we'll actually pull up uh, Rod Gray from uh, Pellet Envy, who is joining me here on the show. Uh, Rod, we're talking with Mitch, and I know you have a lot of great advice to give Mitch, so uh, go ahead and, and drop some uh, great advice. <laughs> Nothing. I'm sorry, you said, what was that, Rod? 
Nothing. You have nothing else to say to, to Mitch? Nothing. All right. Well, there he goes. Rod Gray. So, that's, see, that's what I get to do. Rod said nothing, and I could go on and tell you the story about how that came to be, but that's kind of boring. But I get to do that, so you said womp, so that could make it into a soundbite here in the future. If uh, e- Either if you're lucky or you're unlucky. I don't know. It depends on how you look at the show. Uh, but It'll it, it, grow on you. It, it lives. Times where you're going to look for that. That's right. Uh, uh, so WAMP is uh, kind of like the, the catchphrase. Now, you seem to have like a, a very good reputation for throwing some great parties at barbecue contests. Uh, you're able to generate a lot of buzz. Are, are you able to, to draw people in and really take advantage of that traffic in terms of you know turning product around and generating either buzz or social media or profit from that? That's the goal. I mean, we're definitely party-oriented, if you're allowed to say that. Um, at the American Royal, we have an absolutely enormous party, about 2,000 people. Whoa. We'll throw down about 45 kegs, bottles of booze. Everything is free for, for all my guests, wow. all our guests, our team members' guests. And uh, big DJ screens. We project on three-story building, and we take it as deep as we can. And we, you know, we sell T-shirts and cups and things like that to generate dough to, to pay for our costs. And we have sponsorships. Um, ABS uh, Grills are, is one of them. We do it in conjunction with them. And we, we have a ball. And I think because of that, people know immediately um, in, the, in the area and people that attend know our name. So I don't know. You know I didn't went to co- or go to college to, to learn how to, to market a brand, unfortunately, but I'm kind of trying to do it on the run and on the fly when I have time. Um, obviously, my, my day job dominates my time, but nights and weekends, and then I've got partners and buddies and anybody that'll help, um, you know, get it going. But definitely the brand is recognizable in the Kansas City area. We're making attempts to do things like Memphis and May and whatnot to get it out in other regions as well, and that's been a ball. So I got a lot of people in the chat room that said that they were over at American Royal and they either uh, walked by it or stopped in. What are we looking at price tag-wise for that kind of a party? Are we looking at like tens of thousands of dollars? Is it not as bad as it sounds or is it even worse? Uh, no, it's tens of thousands. Wow. <laughs> a huge party by it, all accounts. It, yeah, it is. It wow. is. Now, now, granted, that's including all the in-kind gifts, or not gifts, but in-kind donations that we get for for various things that we offer, but, but man, we feed everybody. I mean, we, we got a line a mile long going through the, the food line. We've got two different bars set up with a beer truck in there with multiple uh, kegs rolling. We've got cocktails, wine. It's wow. all about, you know, good times. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a awesome time. We're talking with Mitch Benjamin. You know him as Meet Mitch, which you can find at meetmitch.com. Yeah, and I'm excited, Greg, to yeah. say that we just launched the new website about 30 minutes ago. 30 so minutes on there, ago? There's actual uh, YouTube live footage, right. not live, but recorded footage of the American Royal Party that we throw, so you can get a pretty good feel of what's going on. It's pretty wild. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go check that out, meetmitch.com. Uh, the newly launched uh, website about 30 minutes ago, so go check it out if you haven't uh, popped over there and take a look. Now, you know, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, basically because, like, you know, a week from today is my birthday. But it also nice. happens to be right around that uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, grew up in upstate New York, so uh, inherently I'm a Yankees fan. But since I live here in Cleveland now for the last 15 years or so, 
Uh, I have become uh, tribe partial, and they are just kind of outside of first place right now. So kind of a winning team and a, and a losing team of Cleveland, if you will. Mm-hmm. You have like something going on with the All Star Game. Uh, well, we sure do. We sure do. I talked about George Brett earlier, and and the fact that we've had an opportunity to cook it at the Royals games, and we've kind of become a team favorite, and and it's a it's you know it's a blast to serve those guys. So we managed to finagle our way into uh, cooking for all three days of the All Star wow. Game, June. Uh, I'm sorry, July eighth, ninth, and tenth. The sun, Sunday the 8th is the celebrity softball game followed by the all-star game for the futures or the minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. And we'll be cooking for the locker rooms for, for those events. And then Monday night's the home run derby. And Tuesday night is the actual all-star game. And we'll, we will be feeding all the players all three days. So that's, that's going to be a ball. What kind of a setup do you need as far as cooker-wise and amount of food? I mean, professional athletes are known for being in top shape, which means they're consuming a lot of calories. Are you having to buy, you know, just the tons and tons of ribs and briskets and chickens? What's on the menu even? We're doing all that. We're going to serve two different kinds of ribs, spares and baby backs. We're going to have burn-in, sliced briskets, uh, smoked buffalo wings. We're going to have an assortment. We're going to do all the stuff. And being three different days and a lot of times you're feeding the same players, we're going to mix it up. Um, and, and just to be you know, honest, I'm not a caterer by any stretch. We do the, the games for fun, if, you know. But um, So I brought in Mr. No, 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 Rod Gray, who has a little <laughs> more experience than that, uh, than I do, to, to help me out a little bit and oversee kind of the process and, and, and help out. And so I, hey, I don't want to screw it up, and I'm not dumb, so I surround myself with smart people. There you go. That's what I love to do. That's why I host the show. I'm as dumb as they come, but when I surround myself with great guests like yourself and many others, somehow I come out sniffing like a rose, so I'll take what I can get. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Mitch Benjamin. Again, you can go to meetmitch.com to learn a little bit more about him. You can link over to his Facebook page. You can also uh, order the sauce, both the Womp Sauce and the Naked Sauce. Uh, Mitch, thanks for coming on and, tonight. And I'm also, yeah. sorry, no. I'm also proud to announce a brand-new rub that was born tonight. Tonight? So the skid showed up. It's ready to roll. Um, I was with uh, my good friend Dan Hathaway at the com today. He's got it up online, ready to roll, and I hope to uh, to get it in the stores uh, quickly. But I'm pretty pumped up about it. Really Absolutely. About now you got, the full com- you got the full compliment. you got the sauces, and now you got a rub to go with it. So uh, hopefully the rub takes off just like that sauce has. Uh, so, again, uh, cool. check them out, meetmitch.com. Uh, good luck with the All-Star game next week. Uh, tell Rod I said hello, and uh, we'll look for you again soon. I appreciate you coming out tonight, Mitch. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate the opportunity. You got it. There he is. It's uh, Mitch Benjamin from meetmitch.com and the Meet Mitch brand. So there you go. All right. Um, we're going to uh, quickly take a break. We'll come back with uh, DVQ here in just one second. But first, uh, let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Uh, gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, then stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. So why would you buy from any other company? I don't know. Good question. Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and one set, it keeps running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. Real-life technology, you can take advantage of it right now, today. 
Now, maybe you're a busy working professional, constantly on the run with kids, doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have time to sit around and tend pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, or a couple slabs of ribs, and then boom, you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature that you set it at. There's currently five different models, although there will be four. You still have the Procom 4 wireless unit if you want to get it, but fading away quickly to be replaced by the uh, uh, the CyberQ Wi-Fi. Look forward to that. And we had Bob Trudnack on a couple weeks ago talking about it. You also have the DigiQ DX, the CyberQ 2, and, of course, that PartyQ, which is getting rave reviews across the Internet. It's $129 for most cookers in the PartyQ, the easiest point of entry into pit temperature control devices, a self-contained package that runs on AA batteries. Now, maybe you're in the market for a cooker. Look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards all over the country. It's a fully insulated unit. It holds a lot of meat. accommodates half and full pans that you would find in food service. works seamlessly with any of the barbecue guru pit temperature control devices. So, look, do yourself a favor. Look, Sylvie Curry got a party cue, and she loves it. Absolutely. Good job, Sylvie. Do yourself a favor. Head over to thebarbecueguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com, the barbecue guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right. Give me 30 seconds to catch my breath, figure out if I'm going to use WAMP as a sound drop from here on out, and we'll come back with DivaQ right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with me. Thanks to uh, Mitch Benjamin for joining me last segment. Helping me close the show tonight is the pit master of what many consider to be the top team in Canada. She competes in both countries, here and in Canada. You may have seen her on TV in any number of venues, one of which we'll be covering tonight, that being Barbecue Pitmasters this past Sunday. Here to break it down for us is the head cook of the DivaQ barbecue team. We race over to the hotline. We'll go ahead and grab Danielle Demofsky from DivaQ. Danielle, how are you? 
I'm good. Thanks very much. Good. Thank you for making time for me tonight, Danielle. Always a, a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, you oh, look at what I did. God damn. I'm having I'm having a <laughs> nice. time tonight. Nice picture. Give nice me picture. give me thirty seconds. Hold on. Give me thirty <laughs> seconds. Play the Benny Hill, Bobby. All right, now we're back. Doesn't that song just, if you had anything going wrong, just kind of melts all the stresses away and puts you in a great mood, right? Yakety sax. All right. Uh, That's so, awesome. Look, uh, you seemed a little superhuman this past weekend, I guess, if you were kind of watching you with a, with a fleeting eye. You were live in Hamburg, New York, taking 13th <laughs> overall out of 42 teams, and you were also on TV Sunday night taking the win in your show for uh, Pitmasters Season 3. So let's go ahead and take the Hamburg event uh, first real quick. How did the cook go uh, for I you? My... Well, um, Sorry, go ahead. let's not talk about overall results just yet, but, I mean, as far as how the cook went for you, I mean, you know how it's like Friday and the Saturday, you're getting close to I mean, Anything out of the ordinary you had to contend with was just kind of the, the same DVQ uh, playbook that you're running? Yeah, pretty much. You know, we had a great cook. Um, everything went actually pretty smooth. Um, the weather was great. It was an interesting venue. Uh, the uh, Boston Hills uh, moved this year to a casino location. Uh, they, the facilities were nice. The organizers did a good job with what they had, as always. And then I got my ass handed to me. Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you why uh, it didn't score well. Uh, we only got a call in pork. That was it. And, uh, you know, you pretty much uh, you just kind of, you know, lick your wounds and move on and get over it and have some cocktails. Yeah, well, That's I it. mean, so, you know, for, if, we, if we look a little bit into categories, we're not going to, you know, deluge into the categories like I would usually do, considering what we have to cover. But uh, it seemed that if we're looking at overall ranks for the meats, the ribs kind of cost you a bit in the rank 32nd overall. Everything else was, yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It was the same recipe we'd used the week before, uh, same recipe I'm running with for the entire year that had come in second. And, you know, I, in fact, I actually said to, to Vlad at one point, I'm like, wow, I think the ribs are better this week than they were last week. I said, that's great. You know, they looked fantastic. And then, you know, the awards come and the awards go. It is what it is. Well, uh, all right. So, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? It's uh, This is part of that fickle bitch we call uh, competition barbecue. Wait, now, hold on a second. Uh, you can see me now again, right? Oh, yeah, no okay. problem. Put yourself up, Bobby. I want you to say hi to Bobby. This is uh, the, my daughter that said that you were one of her top three barbecue heroes, along with me and Ray Lampy. Wave hi to, to Diva. There you hi. go. Right. Now get off. It's my show. All right, so, She's so cute. Of course she is. She uh, must take after her mother. Of course she I was just going to say that. You beat me to my That's own awesome. joke. All right. So let me ask you about pork. Just for a second, because uh, Scott and uh, Becky Holmes were on the first hour, and they were talking about how they're struggling with pork. As I look and I talk to some of the pitmasters this year especially, and I'm talking to people that are finishing one-two. You know, I'm not hobnobbing with the, the lower, you know, two-thirds. They're, they're coming in first, second, third, fourth in three categories, and then pork tumbles, like, out of the middle of nowhere, 23rd or 25th. Is there any type of a trend that you are able to pinpoint where a flavor profile is starting to differ or, or the judges are looking for something different or just just happens to be kind of a, a coincidence? 
I think it's a coincidence. I think there's um, in in competition barbecue. I really do believe that there is there are two boxes that you have the most creativity available to you, and I believe that's the chicken box and the pork box. Uh, brisket slices typically look very consistent from one box to another. I mean, you might put them on an angle or or a little bit different, but out of all of the um, out of all of the four categories, those two categories uh, you could have the most creativity with. The flavor profile, you know what? I still will always do a sweet heat. I, I, I like a sweet heat. I don't like very much sauce. Um, so I, I personally go very light on sauce. I, you know, I, I got to give props to, you know, trust in my butcher. I use butcher's barbecue products consistently, have done for, for many years now, and they've done very well with me. Um, other than that, you know what it is what it is. My my pork's dropped a little bit this year in the last few contests. We're going into uh, I think our sixth or seventh contest this weekend, and it's dropped a little bit, and I don't know why. Um, so you know we are always going back uh, on the Monday or the Sunday drive home and trying to analyze it a little bit, and we just keep trying to make it better. You know every day, you know it's like the Jack Daniel slogan. You know every day we go out, we will make it the best we can, and that's all we can do. Danielle Domofsky joining me here on the show. DivaQ.ca is her website because CA stands for Canada, and that's where she's at. Yeah. Um, Dave Bosca kind of reminded me, and I was going to ask you about it anyway because we're talking about pork. Uh, you were the world champion of pork at the Jack Daniels last year. Is that the same yeah. recipe that you're using right now, or do you change it up a little bit when you go down to the Jack considering the, the, the palette of judges that you have down there? I think, well, you know what, the Jack was a really great win for us, but we had already had six first places prior to that, prior to the Jack as well. Um, I think that you have to take every contest and take a look at what the judging pool is. I think it's very important. I learned that in a few classes, you know. One of the things I, I learned was that, you know, if you can find out what kind of judges they are, you, you really need to do that and take that opportunity. If they are brand spanking new judges, you well, you need to adjust accordingly. If they are long-term established judges, uh, adjust accordingly. If the ages of the judges are older, adjust accordingly. I'm not going to tell you how I adjust, but I'm going to tell you, you need to pay attention. All right, so fair enough. Now, Let's go ahead and transition over to the main purpose of tonight, which is this uh, Pitmaster show. Uh, you were on this past weekend, as I alluded to. You won this particular episode. You kind of have a great perspective regarding seasons, really, since you were on season two as well. Uh, is it safe to assume or for me to say that you liked, I guess, this iteration of the show as compared to season two or not necessarily? Well, here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is what I believe. I believe that you should be able to cook anything. If you're going to be narcissistic enough, and, and I am, to call yourself a pit master, then you should be able to competently cook everything. And that's truly what I believe. No I matter think what? you need to be able to do it. No matter, no matter what. what. All right. Um, and, and yes, I, I am much more comfortable uh, cooking meat. I think that, uh, you know, the, the challenges on both seasons were, were very interesting. I'm more comfortable in this format, but I don't regret for a second doing last season, and I'm proud of what we produced last season under the situation that we were in. Um, they had fantastic numbers last year. I have no idea what the numbers are this year. Uh, so the general populace, outside of the very small component of competition cooks, really did enjoy Barbecue Pitmasters for all of its own little bits and pieces and things that piss people off and the drama that it got created. It is what it is. 
You know, you just have to deal with it. And if somebody hands you alligator, then you damn well better be able to cook it. And if somebody hands you a pork butt, then you better be able to cook it. You just do your best. All right. So whole chickens and bone and pork loins were the meat for your episode. Yep. Like, I mean, you're not cooking bone and pork loins every day of the week, especially at competition. But uh, I assume this is something that you're pretty much very comfortable with. Yeah, you can go on my you know you can go on my website and there's a there's a fantastic recipe there for a uh, cornbread stuffed standing pork roast. Um, you know I love doing double double stuffed chops out of them. I, I cook them for my family when they go on sale. You know it's 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 pretty typical commodity piece of meat. Um, it's it's one of my favorite things to work with actually. So I was thrilled to get that. I was thrilled to get chicken. I mean, come on. How many people eat chicken? I mean, we're always eating chicken. And my family, you know, loves chicken. So, you know, we, you know, these are typical everyday meats. And I certainly think that they're approachable for the general populace out there. All right. So it's it's shown to you what you're going to be getting or they tell you whatever. And again, I, I don't get to see these freaking shows because my cable package, <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of living vicariously through everybody else. How quickly are you able to determine what you are going to do with both of these items in regards to how you're going to be cooking them? It's a matter of seconds. Really? It's not even a matter of minutes. Seconds. Absolutely seconds because right. here's what you have to do. If you're going to go on these shows, you have to get a mindset of all of the things that they could throw at you potentially. And if you do your research and do your your it's almost like it's almost like your homework, right? It's like barbecue pitmaster's homework. So for season uh, 2 when I was on, we <clears throat> literally went out and I watched every YouTube video on weird meat and prepped things that I didn't normally do. And this season, same thing. I just went and reviewed all of the things that I could go and do. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's just kind of like giving yourself a little personal refresher. So when the chicken came out, I knew immediately what I was going to do. When the pork roast came out, I knew immediately what I was going to do. Um, and, you know, those things you have to be prepared because what people don't understand is, you know, you get to see these 45, 44 minutes or 40, 46 minutes, you know, taking out the commercial time. The thing is, is that we're there for only seven hours. And in that duration, you have to make every second count. And I was terrified this year. And I will uh, fully admit it. I have never been so stressed in a contest anywhere, ever, anywhere in my life as this one, because I did not want to be a two time loser. I've already done this show once. I already lost in the first round. I did not want to go out again. And I was adamant that I was not going to, I wasn't, wasn't going to do any smack talk. And I was adamant that, you know, and I, and boy, you know what? I, you know, there were things that came out of my mouth that I cringed through the don't, most of don't, it with. We but. have a whole item that we're going to address with that. Don't even broach <laughs> that subject yet. I mean, so. But that's, it is what it is. <laughs> d- d- does everything go according to plan for that cooking portion then with the two meats? Um, Pretty much, you know, we had we had definitely some bumps. Um, we had a bump in that uh, my husband had dropped my cooker uh, right on its side, my biggest cooker, the beast, which just about killed me. Um, we had a problem with the fact that he threw out my rub, my finishing rub, and I just about lost my head at that point because I was I was so tightly wound it was pathetic. Um, but at the end of the day, that it is what it is. So. I'm diverging here off of my outline, but what are you cooking on these days? Do you still have the Traegers and all that stuff, or are you cooking on other items oh, I at this love, point? You know, oh, I love my assortment of grills, and, you know, I get laughed at quite often that, you know, here she is, and she brings, like, everything in the kitchen sink, and, and they're probably <laughs> accurate. I do. I like versatility. I'm a big fan of both charcoal and pellets. I am a combo cooker. 
I have yet to find a grill that satisfies all of my needs. So I love Traegers. So I love pellet grills in general. Um, you know, I've, I've had lots of great experiences working on Fast Eddies as well. Um, I, I love charcoal as well. So I use charcoal cookers. I mean, I have an Onyx oven that I just absolutely adore. I have an old stainless steel Weber kettle, uh, or sorry, Weber performer that I absolutely adore. And I own three WSMs as well. I'm a combo cooker. I don't just use pellets. All right. So let's go ahead and address some things. Uh, and again, since I don't get the show, I'm re, uh, you know, I'm listening to uh, other people talk <laughs> about it or what's written. So one of the ways I keep up with the show is uh, with my monthly friend uh, on this show, Meathead, uh, Craig Goldwyn <laughs> from uh, AmazingRibs.com. So let's go ahead and address some things that uh, he and he has a, uh, a a part that he writes for the Huffington Post and uh, weekly reviews of of how these shows are unfolding and I guess his take on it and. So he doesn't come out and say it point blank, but he alludes to the fact that since Tuffy and Aaron and Myron see virtually all of the prep and the cook, that they That's are able bullshit. to. Well, That's I'm only telling you what he says. A, oh, I know. I, I just I, I, I read the article. Yes. Yeah. He, he sent me an email in advance to clarify some points. Right. I will tell you that's bullshit. So he's they he's don't. alluding to the fact that even though it's blind judging because of all that they see, they're able to tell pretty much who they're eating or at least have a good guess, and that's not the case. All right, that's bullshit. You know what? I, I got to tell you, <laughs> if there is one thing I definitely saw was a level of integrity in the judging uh, this year round. It was an absolute level of integrity. When I had one of the guys came over to talk to me, we had to make sure that there was nothing on the counters. We had to make sure the cookers were completely closed. They did everything to ensure that there was nothing out that was visible that would elude you to know whose food it was. And I, I could see in the chat room, my, <clears throat> my buddy from Crunk, uh, Randy Hills there, and, he, and, and he's concurring with me. And I have to say the judging was absolutely on the up and up and extraordinarily fair. Uh, no bullshit. <laughs> Unfair of Craig to call Randy the designated loser and a schlub. Yes, he's a scum for saying that. Of course. Now, I got to tell you, um, because here's the thing. You know, he's not really a scum. I, I just thought it was a scummy thing to write. And, and let me clarify that because, so, you know, I am actually sure. a massive fan of AmazingRibs.com. I, I, I definitely resource that site a lot. In fact, in my classes, I, I teach people to go there <laughs> because it's such a good plethora of information. But let me explain what people don't see. And they don't see the hours of work. It is edited to a certain degree. You do not see the skill set of the person sometimes. You see their finished product. One of the things I actually said about the Crunk Brothers um, and the Crunk Society was that these two guys, for all their goofiness, and they were so funny. Oh, my good gracious. They were two of the funniest guys I've ever met in my entire life, and I adore them both. And I, I hope to get some more time with them. I am so grateful for the fact that he did not cut up his chicken because I actually tried his chicken afterwards and it blew me away how good it was. Um, that is something that I absolutely love. I do not see under any circumstances in their skill set that would elude me to believe that they were a designated loser or anything else. If you saw what I watched them prep and how they prepped, and how they presented their food, and for their own general good-naturedness and goofiness. You would have seen two guys that just absolutely enjoyed the whole process that are extraordinarily good cooks. 
The pork they made was off the charts awesome. The chicken they made was off the charts awesome. It was delicious. Um, I, I, you know, it is what it is. All right, uh, Danielle Domofsky joining me here on the show, dvq.ca, her website. So, look, I mean, that kind of opens up uh, to everybody that's on TV, and I can ask you since I have you on the Skype here, when you're on TV, you know, obviously you're opening yourself up to the court of popular opinion. Everyone's going to have a take. You know, do you actively search out stuff that's written about you or, or reviews? Do you not really pay it any attention? Do you just kind of roll off the back? I mean, I, I know personally the, the the skin is thick when it comes to DVQ, but – I mean, look, if you're putting yourself out there, people are going to have an opinion, and some people aren't going to be ashamed to let you have it. How do you deal with it? Do you care? Do you not care? What's the deal? Well, here's the thing. You can't be naive going into these things. You know, it's really laid out for you. There is nothing hidden. They can uh, edit you in any capacity whatsoever. They clearly state that in the contract that you have to sign acknowledge and then have another meeting with a lawyer to make sure you completely understand it. You know, I have Google alerts set up on Diva Q and Danielle Domovsky. I got people calling me an absolute foul mouth biatch and a few other words that I really even, even on internet radio do not want to repeat. At the end of the day, the people that know me, my friends and my family are the ones that are important to me. I know what I am. I know who I am and I'm totally comfortable with it. I am a very loud, overbearing, larger-than-life barbecue chick who doesn't have any hesitation to state what I think. At the end of the day, I know that. It is what it is. You just have to, you know, grow some stones and deal with it. Right. So I I dig into uh, Meathead's article a little bit, give you a little uh, back-and-forth opportunity here. He writes, uh, she, referring to you, and she has a big personality. If the producers were looking for a villain, Diva was more than willing to fill the role right down to the black hat, black stretch pants, black shirt, black apron. It's not like uh, black has not been your color for at least uh, the eight years I've ever known you. That's all I've ever seen you wear. Uh, So the question that begs is, and I think Myron was somehow pigeonholed into something similar because of the way that he was kind of carrying himself. Were you looking to to fill or or build any type of villain heel persona while you were on the show? No, and and here let me let me put it in a a context which which I think is kind of interesting. Like you said, Greg, I've been wearing black. Like black. Listen, the only reason I wear black is because number one, I have a really wide ass. Okay, I have a really wide ass. I have big ass hip, big hips. I am a big woman. Okay. They say black is slimming. I don't know. It is It is what I wear every single day. It's like my barbecue uniform. That's been for years now. That is not new. So thank you for alluding to that fact that that is not a new thing at all. Uh, the second part is, is that I am a tough chick. Um, I'm a tough chick when I need to be tough, and I'm very direct. And that comes off as being extraordinarily overbearing and bitchy. However, if a guy was doing that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You just say, oh, that's a tough dude. That's it. So as for setting out to be a villain, no, I'm not a villain. But I am a tough chick when I need to be. And I was extraordinarily focused and very much on point for what I needed to accomplish. Um, and that's that's it. You know, It's not about being a villain. I am who I am. Okay, You wind me that up for a contest that I have already lost once before and, and been extraordinarily embarrassed to lose. Um, and give me another chance. And you know what? I am going to be probably stressed to the nines, which I was, very focused, very determined. And I got to tell you, as things went wrong, 
bitchy as hell. <laughs> All right. Well, and here's, if, 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 if I didn't admit that, I'd be a hypocrite. So you know what? I'd actually like to stay with my own personal level of integrity and say, you know what? Those are the words that came out of my mouth. Now, they came out of my mouth over the course of a seven, eight hour period. However, we're edited into 44, 45 minutes. It is what it is. It still came out of my mouth. So you can either own it or you can lie. And I'm going to like own up and say, yeah, those things came out of my mouth. It is what it is. All right. So Meathead seems to think that you probably won this show by a long shot. Did the cook go that well for you? Were you were you happy with what you had turned in ultimately? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I want you to backtrack on winning by a long shot, okay, because I don't think that's accurate. I was up against two guys that I know for a fact turned in great food. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, I've got a great skill set as well. And at the end of the day, I happen to have a few more points. Um, I, I did really great. I turned in fantastic pork. I turned in terrific looking chicken and terrific tasting chicken. Um, I did what I wanted to accomplish and that's was win my episode. Let me uh, read you another excerpt. The tightly wound diva is shown berating <laughs> Marion for the way he butchered his pork leg, going way beyond trash tossing, uh, talking, crossing into poor sportsmanship. Cle clearly, she has been watching too much Gordon Ramsay. A victim of editing? Yes or no? Um, somewhat victim of editing. Uh, Rob and I had great banter back and forth. You know, you know, I love the fact that they kept in one of the things I said about Rob, that he was an exemplary pit master. Cause I really believe that, um, you know, we, we had trash talk, um, very, very, very little on this show. Very little. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, you know, in the moments prior to that, I'm like, well, I've either really screwed up because I didn't, you know, separate the ribs or I've done a great job. And so Rob had asked me something and then it cut away to me saying something to him. And it is what it is. You know that, you know, you've got to take your um, bantering back and forth, not with so much heart. You know, I didn't trash Rob or his skills. And as, as I would never, I didn't trash the crunk guys. Because I would never do that. They are both great cooks. So, just a just a miswrite for Meathead to say, you know, a few of these things, uh, you know, playing a villain, uh, being uh, crossing the line into poor sportsmanship, and and just like that, because he's just watching and, and forming his own opinion, and this is what we should be taking Absolutely. it as. A, you know, yeah. he's he's an armchair critic. The worst I, kind. I, he is allowed to do that. That is his opinion. At the end of the day, that's his opinion. Um, I know differently, and I think the guys that were there with me would have a different opinion. All right, Danielle Damoski joining me here on the show. Again, divaq.ca is her website. All right, so you win the show. Um, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. So if, if you, you're going into the final, so if you win the show and you're up against you know very stiff competition in Johnny Trigg and Melissa Cookson Plus, uh, and especially in TV, it seems you know one should never count out these underdogs that people keep referring to in Solomon Williams, uh, Corey Brinson. If a payday is good, no doubt, fifty grand. Let's say you won. Do you have uh, earmarked plans for this bags and bags of cash that you could be coming into? Well, you know, in the day, my priority is always going to be my kids. Um, if I won my if I won my episode. 
then you know what? Then I'd have to sit down and have a financial planner and plan for their universities. You know, we've been saving up their university and college funds since we're two or three months old. That is my number one priority, my kids. I have enough barbecue. I have a barbecue trailer. I have a truck. I'm good. Every- I need to make sure my kids have what they need. There you go. Everything else is uh, gravy. Uh, so overall feeling of the show, uh, obviously I'm sure you're glad you did it and, and we haven't seen the final uh, reveal yet. But, uh, you know, if there's a season three or I'm sorry, a season four that's picked up and, and you're asked to be on it, I can assume that you would be right on right on board. Absolutely. You know, one of the things is that I, I look at this as an opportunity. I, at any moment, I think it's a great thing for me as a woman to be on as a barbecue person in general, as my own DivaQ brand. And at the bottom line, Canadian chick that is kind of still an oddity. And I want to prove that we do it. Danielle DeMoss. Yeah, right. I mean, works for me, right? Uh, where are you going to be at next? I am uh, right now. Um, as soon as I'm done this, <laughs> I have to go down there because I've got 120 pounds of pork full. I am serving the largest. Uh, grocery chain presidents and their R&D staff tomorrow. Um, they've asked me to do an appearance because it is a, they, they like pulled pork. <laughs> uh, then at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning on, on Thursday, I am heading out to Lake Placid Ooh. Uh, for the I Love Barbecue Festival. Weekend after that, I'm in Southgate, Michigan for the Sam's Club. And then... I have some other things that are coming down the line, and there might be some very big news coming soon. So I'm very excited about what's going on. All right, so maybe we have another uh, interview in the works for uh, when things can be uh, possibly be revealed then. Absolutely. All right, uh, we're talking with Danielle Domofsky. Again, you can find her at divaq.ca, and uh, hopefully uh, you do very well here in the finals for uh, Pitmaster Season 3, and we'd be able to talk about that a little bit more in depth as well, since I guess you would be allowed to do that. Uh, In any event... Uh, Diva, you know uh, where you stand with the show and with me personally. I wish you nothing but uh, continued success, and uh, let's talk soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for the opportunity, Greg, and you know to the to the people who watch the show. Keep watching; it's worth it. These people deserve it, and they did a fantastic job. That's right. Uh, there she is, Danielle Demosky from DivaQ. Uh, so go ahead and check her out. The DivaQ.ca is the uh, website, and uh, there you go. All right. So, huge night for guests and a huge night for uh, technical difficulties abound, unfortunately. And Sam uh, Zion got the raw end of the deal there. What are you going to do? We'll, we'll work that out. I love Sam, and I love, uh, I just love, we just kind of had that like impromptu interview right at the end when I thought we were going to be done anyway. Who knows? All right, uh, Bob, get me to break here to read my last read, and then we'll go ahead and exit the show post-haste. After this ID. That's all right. Go ahead. Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gang, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Look, there are unsavory businesses. There's creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. I think we can all agree on that. But sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over or the next town over from that. Your options have become limited, and now you're forced to go online to buy the item you want to go, or you're just going to have to go without it. Look, the Internet grip sets in, the hands start to sweat, your neck tightens. You've been screwed on Internet purchases before, and you don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money you're spending. 
you need to feel confident that the company you are buying from is honest and fair. Good news, folks. Let Fred Bernardo and the gang over Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply relieve you of your Internet buying stresses. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All the items that you see on Fred's website are in stock, ready to ship to you directly. Now, there are, there are other places on the Internet you might be able to find an item cheaper, perhaps. But are you 100% confident that you are actually going to get the item you buy? How long is it going to take to get to you when you order? All great questions that no one can answer with 100% surety, except that when you buy from Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store. They ship to you promptly. Everything's priced fairly. Hell, if you got a hair up your ass, you want to try and work out a special deal with Fred, I'm sure he'll be happy to field your phone call. You can try and work something out on your own. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, you don't need it. And on top of all that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So you're almost doing a two-for-one, shopping at a sponsor, buying other sponsors' products. It's the best of both worlds. And don't forget that Tasty Licks has their own line of very successful barbecue sauces and rubs as well. Be sure to try those. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com. Let the confidence exude from you as you make your online purchases. And then enjoy the items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help you with uh, with issues after the sale if you run into them. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. We come back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Oops, the mic's hot. All right, so for everyone that has stay tuned, you get to hear the Survey Tuesday question, question number three, what's your favorite softball cheer? Thank goodness. For those of you that have stayed with me, you are about to reap the rewards of succulence and psychology. I don't even know what that means. All right, Wagyu brisket for me. I mean, I'll just get whatever is it, you know, BJ's or Sam's Club or whatever. I don't care. Uh, chicken, uh, I like to fillet the skin, not off completely, but kind of lay it over and then scrape it off, put it back on. Thirdly, favorite softball cheer. Bobby, drum roll. I'm going to get ready. This is my favorite barbecue or barbecue cheer it's my favorite softball cheer i got to make sure that i'm ready to go here we go are you ready bobby you ready no all right are you ready for me to cheer are you ready for me to cheer yeah all right here we go she seems very enthused about her father getting ready to do the softball cheer here we go one two three good eye good eye G double O D E Y E, good eye, good eye. Now smack that ball goodbye. Woo! Actually, it's this. 
I'm fired up. You fired up. Yeah. I'm fired up. You fired up. Yeah. I'm fired up. You fired up. Yeah. All right, Bob. Now it's your turn. Your favorite barbecue cheer, or your favorite softball cheer. Here we go. One, two, three. Holy cow! That's a foul. Move it over. Move it over. <laughs> yeah. What's the other one that I like? I can't think of right off the top of my head. The, uh, uh, God, I've been, I've been singing it all day. Um, and what was that one? Oh, darn it. I know. I'll think about it as soon as the mic goes off. Oh. It's not coming to me. All right. Uh, go ahead and uh, pop play and uh, fade that out and then hit play again. We'll go ahead and get out of here. Diane, I don't see you calling in with uh, softball cheers. So you can't. I said I was gay. <laughs> What's the... Uh, what is that other... Damn cheer. Ugh. I'm fired up. Good eye. What oh what was that other one that I like? Uh oh, what's the what's the cheddar cheese one? How did how does that start? Oh, she's safe. She's safe. She made it to the base. So neener, 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 Oscar Mayer wiener with cheddar, with ketchup and mustard. And don't forget the cheese, baby, cheese, baby. Don't break my heart, baby. And make it cheddar because it's better. Make it cheddar because it's cheese. Or something like that. All right, look. Let me go back and uh, thank my guests. Uh, first hour, we attempted and kind of had Sam the cooking guy. We also had Scott and Becky Holmes from Little Miss Barbecue. Second hour, we had Mitch Benjamin from Meet Mitch. And we also had Danielle Domofsky, who just uh, got off the phone. Uh, next Tuesday, again, we are already loaded with uh, great guests to include Andy Husbands and Mark Ram from Grilla. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. And until we talk to you next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Reppy. Good night now.